Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings. Today, Millionaire Maker Super Bowl Showdown Contest. Let's go. You smash the like button to that video. You tell me who your captain is going to be for the DraftKings Showdown Contest. $10 to play. A million people are playing it. A million dollars to first prize. Going to be incredibly difficult to win. Fortunately, on the line, I have two of the premier showdown players on Planet Gaia. Starting off with the contributors that you've seen all season long on Mayo Media Network. So please, subscribe to Mayo Media Network if you haven't done that yet. Justin Freeman, up first, the Captain Spot YouTube page, number ball. My man, are you ready for this? This is your time, isn't it? We are emptying the clip. It's the end of the season. There's no need to hold anything back now. We uh, got all my contests picked out. We're red. You know, we're in there. We're ready to rock and roll, man. David Jones from FTNDaily.com. Also on the line, and I mean, it hasn't even just been showdown contest for you. Every night I see a screenshot for like 100K. Like, are you ever going to win a million? Like, why can't you be better than 100K? <laughs> I, I know. I feel like a disappointment. Like, we, I've got to hit that million. Uh, there's several chances to do it on DraftKings. There's not just one million maker on DraftKings. There are several, and I just I just want one. I'm, I'm not going to be greedy with it. Give me $1 million, or I'll split. That's fine. Um, but I'm ready for it, man. Uh, we got another Tom Brady Super Bowl. We've got another Mahomes Super Bowl. We'll have plenty of those in the future. So let's get to it. So let's start off with contest selection. Obviously, the contest that I'm talking about is the 5.55 million guaranteed Super Bowl Millionaire Contest. That's ten dollars to play. Yeah, there's a million dollars to first. It also has what is this here? Uh, Six hundred and fifty thousand entries. So Justin, if I'm playing in that contest. What should be my expectations? Losing all my money? Uh, yeah, if you walk in with that as a general expectation, you will not be disappointed. Um, but no, generally speaking, like I think you have to decide how many entries are you going to play in a tournament that size. And you're going to really need to ramp it up if you want a chance to like even have a shot at taking it down. Trying to take this thing down with 650,000 people with a single bullet is going to be a really tough thing to do. And actually in that situation, it's like you're almost hoping that a really, um, you know, not so contrarian lineup gets there and you can be a part of this like huge chop. That's probably your best strategy for getting a piece of first place. But otherwise, if you got 150 entries, you're looking for unique ways. And I just think 650,000 people, it's going to be tough to find a unique, really any particular type of way. So, DJ, is there a better type of contest? Like, if I just want to play one entry, and maybe it's not even a single entry, I can still, you know, maybe go up in stakes a little bit from 10 bucks. Like, if I was going to play $10 or 10 lineups in this one, would I just be better off playing a smaller contest that's just for 100 bucks? Uh, probably you would probably profit more, uh, doing that. And I'm sure they have single entry stuff, or you can even go in there and, you know, play the, play a big tournament, but then just play a double up too. So to cover your money on the back end. So hopefully you hit that double up. If you lose in the GPP, then, you know, it's a push. Um, and then you can find whatever bets you want to bet on any prop bets you want to bet on. Um, but I'm with Justin here too. I mean, it's going to be extremely tough to win it outright by yourself. 
And what's going to happen in the Super Bowl is you have so many people watching the DraftKings commercials coming on over, want to get a taste of the action. They're all going to jam in the superstars, not know how to how to uh, get like the cheap value guys. They're all going to throw in Mahomes. They're going to throw in Brady. They're not going to use defenses. They're going to forget about kickers, put in Travis Kelsey. You're going to have a lot of dead lineups and a lot of matching lineups from these amateur players coming over that are going to use their entire salary. And if you've watched any of my videos, the uh, entire season, and I actually have a rule to not use the entire salary because I'm not interested in chopping because the prize pool gets so small. So let's talk about the picks to start off with. I mean, the captain spot is the name of your YouTube page, Justin. So if we're talking captain spot, and I'm not going to be playing 150 lineups, I'm just not, that's not my game. And I know a lot of people who win these things do, but I'm basically just scratching off both quarterbacks as my captain. And I feel like that's going to alleviate a lot of ownership problems I might have right off the hop. Yeah, I think especially in a more casual tournament like this, we're expecting a little bit of uh, fresh money coming into this sort of thing. We're going to see a lot more ownership towards quarterback captains, which are generally not a good way to spend your captain uh, allocation. Instead, you're looking for pass catchers typically, especially in this particular game um, where, you know, on the Kansas City side, you got a split backfield between Darrell Williams and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. On the Tampa side, you, you still kind of have a split backfield, even though playoff Lenny's now a thing. You've got Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones there. So like it, it's almost like you can't even really think about playing running back there when you're chasing the ceiling. So, I mean, you're thinking Tyreek Hill, you're thinking Travis Kelsey, you're thinking Chris Godwin, you're thinking Mike Evans. I think, you know, trying to think about ways to get those four premier elite ceiling type players into your lineup in the captain spot is going to be your optimal way to go. David, do you think that's probably a good way to narrow down your core of who you're going to select a captain just keep it to those four guys or if like Sammy Watkins ends up playing you can use Sammy Watkins or if Robinson is still on the COVID list and he can't play and they're like oh maybe that open and and Watkins it's like oh my god Mecole Hartman could catch two long touchdowns but it's secretly like Byron Pringle who you might want to play is that just get getting too cute for this kind of contest as a captain spot, regardless of how large it is, like stick with Kelsey or Hill on one side, Godwin or Evans on the other. Well, the four guys that Justin rattled off are probably my top four captains because on DraftKings, you want the pass catchers, you get a point per catch. And if you look at, let's say, Travis Kelsey, over the last three of the last four games, he's outscored Mahomes. So you would want him in the captain spot. Yes, Mahomes got hurt in one of those games, but still Kelsey's on another level. To answer your question, Pat, uh, I don't mind going down to Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins over the since 2018 has the third most playoff yards uh, out of any any player. Yes, that includes Super Bowls and and the Chiefs have gone deep in the playoffs, but Sammy Watkins shows up in the playoffs and we've seen Sammy Watkins have huge games. I mean, he's a very talented wide receiver, very quick uh maybe I, I don't know if we can even say he's lost a step yet i remember a game specifically i think it was the opening of last season where he went off for three touchdowns won people a, a ton of money i think sammy watkins is incredibly viable here especially if he comes in and, and looks to be full strength he should be playing 43 percent out of the slot he's going to see a lot of bunting as someone who we want to target in the tampa bay defense uh and i mean if it's not hill it's probably going to be watkins uh, out of those two wide receivers plus kelsey 
So if you bring up Watkins and we don't know what his full health is going to be, he might be active, but he might be limited. He might not even play Justin. So if, if it, let's say he is out, can you see going to one of the other Kansas City guys? And I'll even make kind of the same case for Antonio Brown on the other side. If Brown's good to go, which is looks like it's trending towards, do you think Watkins and Brown, because of the questionable health situation that both of them are in, that that might alleviate some of the ownership and you just say, you know what? This is the way that I'm going with this. Uh, no one's going to be on them. If they hit, I'm going to win. Yeah, I think you have definitely reasons to take on risk and showdown. I mean, we're talking about the most volatile game that there is. So embracing volatility when it's something that scares away the field is certainly something that's going to be interesting. And you're talking about two offenses that can certainly move the ball. It's not like, um, you know, you're just – it's not the same as playing even say Cameron break when you're playing Antonio Brown, we're talking about a, a much, much bigger ceiling. Like we could easily see some sort of vintage performance from Antonio Brown, from Sammy Watkins. Like just don't, don't let the fact that we haven't seen it in a few games, keep us from just fading these guys altogether. And it's a really expensive slate. Like Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey, those guys are extremely expensive. It's tough to play all three. You're going to have to make some sacrifices, come down, play some secondary pass catching options. Um, you know, have to think about playing kickers and defenses. You're going to have to, I mean, you mentioned Byron Pringle. He's a guy who you could think about, you know, looking at for some salary savings. I don't think that's too cute. He's actually a guy that I feel like I'll be much higher on than the field. Um, you know, I think once you start getting down into fullbacks and stuff like that, maybe that's a little too cute. But, um, you know, overall, like you're, I think not enough people will play the trio of Mahomes, Hill, and Kelsey that I'm really intrigued in ways to get that done, but that leaves you just such little amount of salary. You're going to have to hope that an Antonio Brown or a Sammy Watkins or a Miko Hardman or a, a, you name it, Byron Pringle, uh, for that matter, gets into the end zone. Uh, and then like thinking about the way the game's going to flow, like is this going to be a high-scoring game? Vegas tends to think that it will be. We know Super Bowls can start off a little sloppy sometimes too. Like what does that look like? What would that mean for a DST? What does it mean for the Chiefs to not play with Eric Fisher? Um, you know, the left tackle, missing him in this game, that could be huge against a pretty talented Tampa Bay D-line. So overall that, you know, Bucks defense could still pay off even in Patrick Mahomes' lineups. But as it just pertains specifically to the captain's spot, do you think that there are, outside of the four that you mentioned, like are Brown and Watkins viable if they go? Because I don't think that there's enough volume for some of the other guys to really make it worth it. Like if you put Pringle as your captain, if Watkins and Robinson yeah. are both out, like that's fine and everything. You have a bunch of savings, but he's not going to score 45 points. <laughs> Yeah, you're really banking on this one specific scenario, which is that all five of the guys in my flex spot have great games, and I have to have that salary savings guy to push me over the edge. It's it's really a large field differentiator tool. I think you know, the average player who's just going to enter one lineup here probably needs to think about putting the best player in your lineup in the captain spot. Would you think, uh, David, about – like Gronk or Brait, or are those players limited in their ceilings too much to use as a captain here? I don't uh, think that they're going to be too limited. So I was looking at the Tampa Bay tight ends pretty heavily. Last time that Kansas City and Tampa Bay played, the tight end was targeted 13 times in that game, whether it be Gronk or whether it be Brait. Uh, I think Gronk is 
way too cheap, quite frankly, on this slate. So he could make a good captain spot guy. Brate, uh, I'm not as high on just because it's Gronk and Brady and it's the Super Bowl, right? You just feel like he's going to get a couple shots in the red zone. But at the same time, Tom Brady's going to throw the ball to whoever's open. It doesn't necessarily matter what name's on the back of the jersey, but you have the long history of Brady going to Gronk at the same time. He's had a bad stretch in the playoffs, but it's the Super Bowl. It's why he came to Tampa Bay. I think he, I think he's too cheap. Um, but to look at some of the like uh, the guys that aren't going to be technically starters, like a Pringle if, if Watkins is in, a Demarcus Robinson, uh, a Scotty Miller, uh, you name it, uh, Mickens, whoever. I don't know that you want to put them in your captain spot in this particular game for, for myself. Yes, it's a great uh, differentiation tool. And if your flex guys go off, yes, you can have a great shot at winning it all. But I went back and looked at what the Chiefs did in the Super Bowl last year. There were three targets to went to, that went to guys that weren't named Hill, Watkins, uh, Robinson, or Kelsey. And that's uh, – or Damian Williams. I'm sorry, not Robinson. Damian Williams, who who – took the season off. I bet he wish he didn't anymore. So the Chiefs uh, appear to want to keep it with their star players clearly in the Super Bowl, as you would imagine, Tampa Bay would. The only way I think one of these guys uh, that isn't one of the starters gets going is if there's a trick play or someone runs back a kickoff. Uh, I don't think anyone not named Hill, Kelsey, uh, Watkins, or, or one of the starting running backs is going to get um, – uh, two touchdowns on the Chiefs side. And the same thing can kind of be said for Tampa Bay, but Tom Brady's been more willing to spread it around a little bit more. And with the question marks around Antonio Brown, uh, and then you also have Leonard Fournette, who's been in, heavily involved in the past game recently, seven targets, six targets, four targets the last three games. Um, he could He could do something too. So long answer, but I don't think you want to take too many crazy shots on the captain spot. I would take the crazy shots in the flex spot. Well, let's move to the flex spot then, Justin. I'm looking at Daryl Williams as someone that every sharp person I know likes this week. I'm not sure if the public even really knows about him, but if you are just logging on to DraftKings for the first time, you're going to see a big old red first in terms of how tough this matchup is. And granted, that's very true. But I think that he's been better. I mean, just he's objectively been better. I don't just think that he has been than Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And I could still see him getting like 60% of the run in this Chiefs backfield. Yes, it's a tough matchup, but if he can become one of these pass catchers, especially uh, since the offensive line is beat up without Fisher around, maybe it's more dump off city on quick plays to someone like Daryl Williams here. Do you think he has viability as a flex play? Yeah, I definitely think so. I think uh, yeah, Andy Reid, based on what he's seen over the last month from Darrell Williams and from Claude Edwards-Alaire, it'd be really tough to give CEH a big workload in this game. Darrell Williams really outplayed him in every facet of the game. I'm a big Darrell Williams truther. I think he can um, carry the load. I will be interested to see what this split with uh, looks like. I'm also interested to see whether Le'Veon Bell even smells the field in this game. Um, you know, he's, he has some health questions heading into this game. I imagine he'll be active, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if he just doesn't touch the field. So getting it down to those two guys, very important. And like I said, we're, we're talking about, um, you know, a lot of soft money potentially in this tournament. Most of these people probably don't know who Darrell Williams is. So, yeah, we definitely want to take advantage of that. Um, and there are some really unique ways to build around Darrell Williams, even in the captain spot, too, for that matter. Um, it allows some stuff to open up with those primary Chiefs options. And you think in a game where, like, neither Mahomes nor Hill nor Kelsey is the optimal captain, 
well, what happened? You know, maybe it went through the Kansas City running game. If we think they're going to score a lot of points, and Hill and Kelsey just got there on yardage and catches alone. But that Bucks defense, it is clearly the best in the league. They let up the fewest um, rushing yards per play. They also allow the fewest rushing attempts. So most teams just like don't even bother trying to run the ball against them. A team like Tampa Bay, uh, excuse me, Kansas City, though, I, I think breaks a lot of tendencies when it comes to DVP type stuff. Like I'm not as worried about playing the number one defense when a rush defense, that is, when you've got Patrick Mahomes out here stretching things horizontally and vertically, it just opens things up. And, you know, even a good run defense can look bad when they play against a really potent offense like the Chiefs. David, how does the lineup look if you do have Williams in it? Like, can you stack up? the other chiefs in terms of the passing game, or does that just not correlate enough for you? I mean, I think if you're playing Williams, you want him to be involved in that passing game. So having like Mahomes and another pass catcher or two, I think that's fine with me. I mean, it's a showdown slate. Anything weird can happen. Uh, you know, I've seen running backs. Uh, I think it was Ronald Jones uh, on the other side, like have a terrible game last play of the game at the end of a game, catch a touchdown pass and, and win the thing. Um, I think it, I think it's fine. Uh, correlations haven't necessarily been winning every time in showdowns this year. And by correlations, I mean like if your captain's a wide receiver, you have to have that quarterback in your flex spot. You can't play the defense against your captain. Like the correlations haven't worked as well as they did uh, in seasons past. Um, as far as like Darrell Williams, though, I do think he he gets a significant workload here. I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire could go out there, and if he does anything remotely wrong, doesn't look good, fumbles the ball, it should all go on Williams. But at the same time, I'm just leaning more heavily on this Chiefs pass game. Last time they met Patrick Mahomes through the most passes that he's thrown in any game this season with 49 passes. I think they go straight back to that. It's Patrick Mahomes. He can pick apart the, the secondary in this defense, and I just don't think you want to force something in the Super Bowl against the the top rush defense in the league. Uh so yeah, I'm go I'm I'm aiming more for the pass game and the running backs I play on the Chiefs side, I'm hoping that they're involved. So how deep do you go down the Chiefs stack? Like do you play a 5 and 1, 5 Chiefs, 1 Buck, a 4 and 2 and like who ends up becoming like the bottom end of that Chiefs play? Yeah, so like I mentioned earlier with the Chiefs, I just want to stick to the stars uh, essentially there. Like if I am end up playing a Byron Pringle, who I actually think people might be a little heavier on than they should be because of what happened last game when they had some injuries, um, I, I don't want to play more than like one of Byron Pringle or Demarcus Robinson or a weird one-off like backup tight end, which I'm not going to do anyways. Um, you want to be careful about playing too many guys that aren't going to have the opportunity. Like there's not going to be two weird touchdowns on the same team. Like I don't think you're going to see Tom Brady throw a long touchdown to Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson. It should be the core guys. And then you're going to bank on hitting one of those weird guys. And that can be said too, for, for both teams. I know I said, I don't want two weird guys from one team, but I probably don't want two weird guys from the entire game. Uh, because the chances that two $1,000 guys go off still doesn't necessarily even mean that it's going to be the, the highest scoring lineup on the slate. Give me one weird guy, maybe a defense, probably a kicker, and then just stack up some stars, uh, even if you have to take Mahomes or Kelsey out of that captain spot. Justin, do you think that there's going to be a increased amount of leverage on just overstacking Bucks versus Chiefs? Because, listen, I, I want to play Chiefs. David's talking about playing Chiefs. Everyone I've talked to is talking about playing Chiefs. That if this 
game is going to be a 56-point total, and that's what it is at DraftKings Sportsbook right now. The line is three. It, it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Bucks win. A lot of people are picking the Bucks to win, but it doesn't seem like, especially on DraftKings showdown contests, and maybe it's because the Buccaneers' offense is a bit more varied and not as concentrated as the Chiefs' is, which makes it more difficult to figure out. But would you do like a 4-2 Bucks versus Chiefs type stack? Absolutely. I mean, I think especially your smaller field stuff, favoring the Bucks over the the Chiefs is going to be a great way to go. Tom Brady's honestly been on fire lately in terms of fantasy point production. He's top 20 fantasy points in six straight games. Um, I know like throughout the season, there were moments where you're like, oh gosh, this is you know, noodle arm Brady. He's late in his career. He seems to not be getting the job done. Well, he, he's finding the end zone now, buddy. And he's, uh, he's throwing, putting up some yardage as well. We've seen him top 300 yards, hit that 300 yard bonus quite a few times over the last two months. And so he's playing good football. And honestly, you know, nobody wants to play these bucks, man. Like, and who would, like, who could blame you? Like, of course you want to play Travis Kelsey. Of course you want to play Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes. Who wouldn't? But when the fantasy points might be comparable or even if not comparable slightly you know slightly down a little bit but allows you the affordability to get to some of those better secondary options then it's certainly worth it nobody's saying you got to go full fade on the chiefs like you if you go four two in favor of the bucks your two from the chiefs could be patrick mahomes and travis kelsey and then you still got you know possibly 70 percent of the the chiefs offense tied up in those two positions and then you've got everything else, you know, you've got more of your bases covered there on the Tampa side. And so even a game where the Chiefs win could still be won in showdown by a 4-2 buck stat. What do we make of Ronald Jones here, David? Because he's still getting touches. They're just not yep. doing anything. But he's only 2200 bucks as a flex. I'm glad you asked me about Ronald Jones. Uh, I've been looking at Ronald Jones pretty heavily. So this is, if, if I'm Tampa Bay, this is going to probably be my plan. Number one, keep the Chiefs offense off the field. Number two, or you've got Tom Brady, who's been here a, a dozen times, whatever it is, wants to methodically drive the ball down the field, keep Mahomes on the sidelines. You can run on the Chiefs. They're 21st against the run, depending on what stats you're looking at. You can put Lenny Fournette in there. You can put Ronald Jones in there, who's still getting touches, albeit he was not effective against Green Bay in a place where he should have been. He struggled against the Saints, which everybody does. But Ronald Jones at that cheap price tag in a game where I think Tampa Bay wants to establish the run is way too cheap, in my opinion. Um, I like him a lot. Is one of my favorite salary savers, him and Gronk both. Um, and I, I mean, it's still Ronald Jones. It's the Super Bowl. Sometimes he gets going. Sometimes he doesn't. I think he gets 10 plus touches here. They might give it to him at the goal line. Uh, I, I like Ronald Jones as a salary saver. Probably my second, uh, maybe my first him and Gronk. They're pretty close. I like them both a lot. So if there's no Antonio Brown in this game, and it does look like, like I said, towards him playing, would the Scotty Millers and the tertiary options on Tampa, David, really kind of intrigue you a little bit more at that point? Well, yeah, if Antonio Brown is out, which I hope he's not, so I don't have to make these kind of decisions, <laughs> like I'm not going to be interested in playing a chalky Scotty Miller who caught a long bomb because he had he ran a great route, got behind his defender uh, last game. I think he had three targets and then got that touchdown. Had he not got that touchdown, would have been a huge bust and he was already very popular last week. Like I don't 
want to chase Scotty Miller. I want Antonio Brown in the game. And, and even if Antonio Brown's in the game, I'll probably be underweight on Scotty Miller because I think he'll he'll be too highly owned when you can just go to Gronk Brait, who I said again, they're going to target the tight end a lot. They're going to run the ball with Lenny Ronald Jones or go to Evans or Godwin. Um, so, yeah, as far as like other pieces you might consider there, I mean, the only other guy you'd consider would be like what Tyler Johnson, probably who people were picking over Scotty Miller last week, but it's just the dice roll. Like we've seen, we've seen both of them have somewhat decent games once or twice this entire season. Another guy you could look at at Tampa Bay would be, and I'm not playing this guy. I'm just going through all the names. So not playing this guy, but like if you wanted to try and stack up like a Bucks D with the the punt returner, kick returner, you could look at Jaden Mickens. Um, but I, again, I'm not doing that. You would have to get extremely lucky, but those two would correlate very well, the kick returner and the Bucks D. Justin, how accurate are ownership projections in something like Showdown? Based on my experience, not very accurate at all. Like I have sometimes have gone into a slate thinking, oh man, well, this is the guy you got to fade. Everybody's going to be on him. And then you realize, well, not everybody either had the same idea or we were just way off on what we thought ownership projections were going to look like. So I've taken a look at, you know, some across the industry ownership projections for this slate. Um, I, I think they're off a little bit based on what I can tell. Like I'm not seeing as big a gap as I would expect between Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, for example. Like I think people are going to be way more interested in Kelsey than Hill. I mean, Kelsey's setting records this year. Now Hill's having a perfectly great year and we know like he has that take over the game possibility, but I mean, Travis Kelsey's averaging over 20 points a game has just been phenomenal. So um, yeah, I, I think, it can be tough. Like you have to have some sort of general idea to me. Like I get the best idea when I'm going in and hand building lineups and just clicking around and like Ronald Jones is a perfect example. You go in and build lineups and you need a player that sub three K like Ronald Jones is clearly like, but far and away the best option available down there in that range. So you're like, well, Ronald Jones is going to be way more on than what I'm seeing out there projected. So I, I have, I've, a tough time reconciling that in part of my building process. Uh, well, I'm just trying to think now, like if you think that Kelsey's going to be more owned than Hill, that would just really point to me using Hill, even though he's going to be highly owned, just not as highly owned only because of the ceiling that I know that what, what's Kelsey's ceiling, like 11 catches, 170 yards and three touchdowns. Probably it feels like Hills is like 11 catches, 300 yards and three touchdowns. If either of those things happens, then that guy is the guy you got to have in the captain spot. But even like just a normal good game from these guys, like I, I think it's tough to get out of NFL classic main slate strategy, which is, you know, what a true ceiling has to look like there versus a one game sample size ceiling. Like all I need is the regular old 10 catch for a hundred yards and a touchdown from Travis Kelsey. And he's the captain. I mean, that's a lot of fantasy points. That's what 29 fantasy points. If I do the math off the top of my head, um, you know, that's a fantastic game that he's going to be the leading score. If he can get to 29 fantasy points, just go ahead and lock that in. So like you can just like ratchet down what the, what the use of ceiling even means over the course of a single game. Well, let me ask you this. I'll, I'll throw this as a round table here, David, we'll start with you $3,000 and below. Who do you think the two most popular picks are going to be Gronk and Ronald Jones? I'm looking at it now. I mean, oh, I need to switch to flex. Pro, I mean, they're going to be my most heavily owned. Uh, yeah, over, I mean, 
Yeah, Scotty Miller's 3-4. You've got the Bucks and Chiefs D, which I don't think people will focus on uh, during this game. Those are cheap defenses, though, and I don't think they're terrible plays. Yes, it'd be scary to play the Bucks against Patrick Mahomes. It'd be scary to play the Chiefs against Tom Brady, but one of them could sneak in. Byron Pringle, I, I think, is going to have more ownership than he probably should. Um, just because he got some, I mean, he got some time on the field with Sammy Watkins out last game. I know there's a lot of talk about him uh, passing Demarcus Robinson on the depth chart. I'm not so sure that that's accurate. I think it's very competitive there, but I'm not so sure that it's just going to be Byron Pringle over Demarcus Robinson. And if you look at Byron Pringle, he's exceeded value in six games this season, but his price tag's always been under a thousand dollars. He'll be, he'll be, I don't want to say popular, but for a guy under that range, popular. And then if you're looking at anyone else down here, there's really no one else to choose from. I'm not playing Keyshawn Vaughn, Ricky Sills Jones. I'm not playing. I already said I'm not playing Mickens, not playing McCoy. He won't see the field. Lev Bell might garner some ownership if he's active just because of the name and he's cheap, but uh, not a guy that I'm terribly interested in here either. Justin, who would be your two guesses from down in this range? Because I do think that there could, not that he's going to be owned. I would say that Demarcus Robinson comes in as almost completely unowned because he's still on the COVID restricted list, but he might play in this game. That if he does play in the game, that he might be the guy for me that I might use down here, just roll my dice on him. Yeah, he's got the most like set in stone role in this offense. Even in games where Sammy Watkins is active and playing, Demarcus Robinson still gets out there and runs you know, 15 routes or so in those types of games as well. He's going to be out there. Um, you know, he probably has a more stable role than Miko Hardman, although Miko Hardman's is a much more useful role, if that makes sense. Um, you know, because Robinson leads the league in wind sprints out there when he's running routes. He doesn't get targeted hardly ever, but all you're doing is you're, you're chasing opportunity. The guy's out there on the field. He's running snaps. Could definitely see that. But in terms of like my two favorite guys who I think will get ownership, I think you hit on the head with Gronk and Ronald Jones. I think Ronald Jones be pretty clearly ahead of the rest of that group just because like it's so easy to think about how he gets involved in this game. And then Gronk, like David kind of hinted at this as well. You have a little bit of that Brady Gronk narrative here in the Super Bowl. If he needs somebody to bail him out, who can you trust? And honestly, uh, you know, Gronk was getting outplayed and and out participated by Cameron Brait throughout most of the playoffs. Then last week, Gronk comes out and runs almost twice as many routes as Cameron Brait does. So that was a that was a big changing of the guard that I didn't see coming. And if you've kind of followed the routes, which is sort of my go-to process, I'm all about you know who's getting the routes, then you know Gronk would be the guy for you uh, down there at 3K. This episode is brought to you by Magic Spoon. Do you love cereal? I used to when I was a kid, and then I stopped eating cereal for the longest time. I had to give it up because I realized it was full of sugar, and I didn't really want to start my day off with a bunch of sugar. I wanted to eat something that was, you know, healthy and didn't make me feel like garbage 20 minutes later. But I've actually gotten back into cereal lately, both in the morning and then as like an evening snack in between. You know, when I get home, I don't always eat lunch, and I, boom, pile some magic spoon in my mouth. I'm feeling good because I've been trying to cut down on carbs and sugar and just unhealthy food in general because, you know, I'm on camera. I don't want to have sugar bloated face the entire time. And I realized I really couldn't eat anything anymore. And with the new year, I was trying to eat better. But healthy breakfast doesn't have to be boring all the time. Magic Spoon has the amazing flavors you love, but without all the bad stuff. So when I talk about my breakfast routine, sometimes, you know, I'm on the go and I stop in here, I stop in there, grab a breakfast sandwich. I really actively stop doing that or... 
when I stopped doing that, I just didn't eat anything for breakfast at all. I didn't start my metabolism. And sometimes that's not always the best. I mean, you you don't need to eat breakfast at five o'clock in the morning, but you should have something to kick off your day. And Magic Spoon really does it for me because it's very quick. I can have it immediately as soon as I get hungry at any time throughout the day and really enjoy it. Zero sugar, 11 grams of protein, only three net grams of carbs in each serving. Comes in four flavors, coca, fruity, frosted, and more. And it tastes amazing. Honestly, it's too good to be true. Plus, it's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. I've been pounding back the frosted, and I gotta tell you, it's pretty good. I think you should try it out. So go to magicspoon.com slash mayo to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use one of our promo codes, aka promo code mayo, at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash mayo and use the code mayo, M-A-Y-O, to save $5. We thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring this podcast. So let's talk about defenses very briefly. Uh, we keep They keep kind of coming up in conversation, uh, same as kickers, but we'll concentrate on defenses for the moment. I don't mind the Chiefs' defense here if that's the way that you think the game plays out. Uh, I'm on record thinking that the Chiefs win this game by a lot of points, which means a lot of pass attempts from Tom Brady, uh, maybe having to take some shots downfield, and maybe the noodle arm crops up a little bit here, and then all of a sudden, I, I talked to you guys beforehand that I said I, I like Rashad Breeland, like 150. 50 to one is MVP odds. And that could only happen if he ended up with two interceptions and one of those interceptions returned to the house for a touchdown. So David, can you see playing either of the defenses and would it be Kansas city if it was one? It would probably be Kansas city. I I do think the chiefs probably win this game and I don't want to eat my words because I don't like to bet against Tom Brady and super bowls. I've been pained by that many times in my life. I am a Falcons fan. It still hurts. Um, but look, uh, I, you might have to jam a defense in there. I, I'm not going to pretend like I can predict or know what's going to happen with these defenses. We know that there's going to be some sacks on, on both sides, probably more against Brady. However, Arians has been keeping him better protected over the past you know, three or four games, um, or at least attempting to. And all needed something weird to happen look it doesn't even have to be an interception it could be a a Clyde Edwards Hilaire fumble or you could get a Ronald Jones fumble and someone scoops and scores um I don't think you have to worry too much about even what players like you wouldn't want to play five Chiefs and then play the Tampa Bay defense but I think you can get away with two or three and play the Tampa defense or even on the other side Mayo makes a great a great point that if the Tampa Bay Bucks are trailing, they're going to have to throw it more, which could give uh, more opportunity for the uh, Chiefs defense to get a pick, pick six, whatever, and also is going to give Brady at the same time uh, and his wide receivers more opportunity to score. Justin, the only reason that I come to that conclusion is that I just feel like Brady is far more likely to throw an interception or multiple interceptions than Mahomes. I mean, it doesn't mean it's going to happen. They might both throw zero. Mahomes might throw three and have the worst game of his life. That's all on the table. I'm just thinking the most likely outcomes in this. But 
Is there a case for the Bucks D with Fisher out the way that they got to Aaron Rodgers last week? You know, we've talked a little bit about Patrick Mahomes being hobbled up a little bit. He's going to have offseason surgery on his toe. They're missing you know, three starting offensive linemen from week one. One of their guys didn't even come back this year. He's up in Quebec being a doctor. So maybe that... Tampa can generate an immense amount of pressure, and all of a sudden we get like a Giants-Patriots Super Bowl and be like, oh, here's this prolific offense that can't be stopped. Oh, wait, these four guys can just get to the quarterback whenever they want. Then all of a sudden the Bucks deal looks pretty good. Yeah, exactly. I think when you're trying to figure out which defense makes sense to play, what you're ultimately looking for are dropbacks against. Like you want, you want opportunities to put pressure on the quarterback because that's where all the big plays happen. Now, sure, there are fumbles on rushing plays, but those are such a small percentage of how defensive points are accumulated that it's, it's and it's so impossible to predict. You're much more likely to try to figure out which team can generate pressure. Pressure leads to big plays. And yeah, I think both of these teams have an argument. However, I think, you know, we know, we talked about this earlier, that the, the Chiefs are not going to try to just like run it up the middle against this talented rush defense. They're going to drop back. And so what does it look like in a game where, you know, Patrick Mahomes drops back 50 times? So we got 50 chances to get a sack, to get a turnover, to get a pick six, to get a strip sack fumble touchdown recovery. Like that's how, you know, points are going to be scored. And so it doesn't even matter. I mean, honestly, it doesn't matter how many points allowed the defenses have. Like that's just such a small part of how defenses score their points. Like if you told me the Bucks are going to give up 24 and the Chiefs are going to give up 28, who cares? It's like the same score. Who is going to get after the quarterback and make plays happen? And so, you know, the Chiefs are going to be the team that's dropping back. Now you have the game script concerns on the other side. Well, Tom Brady may have to drop back a little bit more in the second half than we're used to. He may have to force the ball. Brady is usually pretty conservative uh, and good at hanging on to the football, but that's not what we saw last time he suited up. Uh, Threw three interceptions uh, last week against the Packers, a game that they probably should have lost. But, um, yeah, overall, I think both defenses are viable. But, uh, yeah, I am a little bit drawn more towards the Bucks D side because I think so so few people are going to want to do that. And I really like the idea of, of those Bucks D lineups going up against Patrick Mahomes in the same lineup. Hmm, that's really that's a really interesting concept to think about from that regard. You hope that the Bucks D does all the scoring and then Patrick Mahomes just continuously gets the ball back over and over. Exactly. And then he can march back down the field. Then you're not worried about the points against. We'll stick with you on this. Kickers, because I hate the kickers in this game. This feels like two <laughs> coaches who want to be going for it at all times, especially with all of the ramifications that we've seen and the vitriol directed towards all of the coaches who either punted or kicked a field goal and didn't go for it. It feels like both Andy Reid and Bruce Arians in this game are going to be aggressive. Yeah, you would certainly think so, especially Andy Reid. Um, however, kickers can be just a good way to build a little bit of floor into your lineups. And sometimes like we see this game and we just think it's going to be some monster shootout. But even a game that has a total sitting at 56 right now, you know, you think about what's that implied? That's going to be like, you know, 29 to 26 or something like that. If I, um, you know, that that could still um, that still is like not not guaranteed to be a ton of touchdowns. Like the field goal kickers could be a part of that game. So I just think like you want to like think about how to correlate kickers within the lineup. Like, you know, maybe in a game where Harrison Butker kicks a lot of field goals is because they didn't find the end zone a lot for Kansas City which meant that the pass catchers were getting there. They were getting yardage, but Pat Mahomes wasn't cashing in with touchdowns. 
So maybe that's a lineup where you go Hill, Kelsey, Butker, and leave Mahomes out of it. And then, you know, stack up the, the bucks on the other side. So there's a lot of different ways to do it. I try not to think too much about like how good is the kicker? Um, what decisions might they make in the game? Just think about it more lineup construction wise. That's the only way to make it make sense to me. Uh, David, do you have any interest in these kickers? Uh, I have a little bit of interest more in Butker I, just because I think the Chiefs win. And then uh, towards the end of the game, you're not going to have to kick as many or want to kick as many field goals unless it's within three points. If you're on the Tampa Bay side, it's probably important to mention, too, that there's 75 percent chance that this game has rain in it. I don't know how hard the rain's going to be. I don't know. I, I haven't heard much about wind, which is certainly more important. But rain doesn't make it easier, especially when you're, uh, I mean, completely falling apart because it's the biggest game of your life and you're already nervous. Um, so maybe it dials back the kicking a little bit. We'll have to we'll have to keep an eye on it. Maybe if they're inside the five, they just well, I don't know. Inside the five is pretty easy. Um, <laughs> go for it, but. Uh, keep an eye, keep an eye on the weather. I do think we're going to have a wet Super Bowl. If I have to choose one, I'll take Butker though. All right. I think that pretty much nails down the DraftKings showdown contest for this weekend. David, do you have any final thoughts on this? Uh, one thought I didn't get out that I, I, I will mention is that when you look at pricing on DraftKings, you have three Kansas City Chiefs as the highest price guy. And the next highest price is going to be Tom Brady uh, at a discount of all those three. Uh, in the past two years, I think there has been once, maybe two times in a Chiefs showdown slate where both Kelsey and Hill have been on the winning lineup. Um, but it did happen the very last time they were on a showdown together, and they both have excelled in this matchup before. Kelsey got 100% of the balls thrown his way. Last time they faced each other, 8 for 8, and Tyreek Hill put up 269 yards. So it could happen, but with the pricing, I, I find it more difficult to get all three of the uh, top price Chiefs in one lineup. And so I will probably have 20% of lineups with all three, 80% trying to get weird. Justin, do you have any final thoughts on the slate? I think trying to figure out how many of Mahomes, Hill, and Kelsey to play in the same lineup together is going to be the literally million-dollar question. Um, whether you try to get all three, pick two, uh, pick one would be a really ballsy way to go about doing it. Uh, you can certainly do that. Um, I am really intrigued by the thought of leaving Mahomes out of the lineup and letting you know letting the work flow through Hill and Kelsey. Um, just think about the way. PPR points are accumulated, the way bonus scoring works. You know, Mahomes could have a perfectly fine day, but Hill and Kelsey would end up having better days. And if if Tampa's holding serve, you're going to need those guys too. Um, and the Mahomes big price tag makes him fadeable, I think. So it sounds weird to think about fading who is the best player in football, but I think that may be the answer to creating a more balanced lineup that still gives you the upside of that passing game um, but, you know, also allows you to cover your bases on the Tampa side as well. All right. Justin Freeman, you can follow him on, on Twitter at Justin Freeman 18. Check out all of his videos up at the Captain Spot YouTube page and all of his work at numberball.com. When do you have your projections coming out? The simulations. Oh, simulations. They're ready. They've been cooking. Uh, they're posted on the Numberball website. We'll get some video uh, stuff out here over the next couple of days. I like to wait until that Friday injury report comes out. So maybe I can get some news on that and what we're getting out of Antonio Brown and Sammy Watkins and that crew uh, and get some final numbers out there and feel good about it. David Jones at Tenacious D Jones, FTNDaily.com. You're already winning these NBA bucks. You got the NFL showdown bucks. How many MLB bucks are you going to win this year? 
Uh, last year was pretty good. I- I'm looking forward to it. I guess we'll uh, find out. But right now, I'm going to keep riding that hot hand with uh, NBA. All right. Good luck this weekend, guys, and good luck to everyone out there right now. Again, you can play this up on DraftKings. You can become a member at FTNDaily.com using code MAYO to get yourself all of the info you need. There's a Super Bowl package up there right now for $19.99, full daily, full bets. Um, if it's a winner, it's you know the 20 bucks isn't really going to put you back. You're going to win way more than that. Uh, if the bets and plays end up being good, and you know based on this year, they have been, all right? So subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast wherever you download podcasts subscribe to the youtube channel mayo media network and thank you all for watching we're gonna have tons more football content coming up for you during the offseason and a giant gambling show on friday as well i'll see you next time experience experience